Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. We gotta record. Are we recording yet? Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> Welcome to Holy Week. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Father Mike was listening to the last <laughs> podcast intro and uh, was not happy no. with the with the start of it. So I uh, sound a little dumb. All right. Well, that <laughs> it's not the first time. I, uh, That's all right. Uh, day by day. I got an idea. I get nervous. I get a little awkward. It's always it's, it's right from the start. It's That's weird to the start. start part. It's weird to start. It's like beginning a conversation, you know, like with somebody that you you don't know where they are, you know? Yeah. Like we have no idea where these people are. Some people are on yeah. their treadmill, some people are in their cars, some people are uh like thumbing through like accidentally clicking on this instead of Father Mike Schmitz and, and then like what is this? <laughs> Wait a minute. So, uh, at least I didn't do like the, the typical YouTuber influencer. Hey guys, you know what I have for you today, guys? Or the guy that's just like fat, uh, fat burns calories. Uh, you think, you think you're not supposed to eat carbs? (laughs) You're an idiot. It's like, get out of here. You know what I'm talking about? That guy. Skip ad. (laughs) I do know. Oh man. I can't stand it. Um, all right, I got a crazy idea. We're probably going to have to do this next year because, you know, it's it's too late to do it now. But next year, I want to do um, a Triduum series for the Companions. But what we would do is have one guy preach Holy Thursday, and we post it. Oh, and okay. then And then Good Friday is posted by, you know, like... What whoever the other companion that preaches Good Friday because this year I'm preaching I'm preaching Good Friday, yep. Um, Father Chris is preaching Holy Thursday, and uh, John said he's not preaching. But like I think it would be okay. cool to. And act- I'm at uh, I'm at the cathedral, so I'll do an Easter Sunday. But I Archbishop is going to do the Triduum. Are you doing a Holy Thursday Mass? Nope. You're not. You're not at. Oh yeah, that's right. So I think it'd be cool if we could if we could have like something posted for each one of them so that it's like kind of like a mission, you know? Yeah. Like a companion's mission. Or um we could do um a mission on a certain theme and then have uh three guys choose different aspects of the theme um and then preach at their regular mass and then we just post like three different homilies on yeah. whatever. Catholic stuff mission. Exactly. Hey, I like it. I like it. What did you do? You did you grow up going to parish missions? I don't. Re- I don't really remember it. So I don't. I don't know. I can't remember. I I remember very vividly loving the Stations of the Cross. Yep. And I always have, Agreed. and I still do. And that's the my that's my Lenten memory. Which version did you guys use growing up? Alphonse's Liguri. Oh, that's a almost, great one. Almost always. Yeah. I love you, Jesus, my love. I love you more than I love myself. Grant that I may love you always, and then and do then with do me with me as you will. will. Yeah. Yep. As a little kid, as a actually, I started doing that one in college. That one stuck with me. Ours was the uh, the way of the cross with scriptures. Yeah, we did that sometimes um, too. Uh, that uh, you know, like has pictures uh, from I think it's the Basilica in um, Washington D.C. 
and then it's just all different passages of scriptures. I can't stand the Stations of the Cross. It's like, you know, Jesus meets his afflicted mother, and then it's like, I was once mean to my mom. I shouldn't be oh. mean to my mom. I will try not to be mean to my mom. And it's like, no, that's not what this is about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's um, a little reductive. And, oh, gosh. It's had- kind of self introspective it was called something? my way of the cross okay and i'm like no thanks um, well one of the things with um alfonso's liguri well, i tried to mix it up at the cathedral this year or <laughs> when when i did it we did had had different options i didn't lead every time but we mixed it up and the liguri one is it's very beautiful and then it does have this kind of thing of jesus my sins made you trip and fall my sins put you on the cross. Mm-hmm. My sins made your mother cry and all of these yeah. things. And so it has, I think, a, pr- a profound um, a conversion call. And one thing I like about the um, the scriptural one is it, it really draws you into the imagery from the Old Testament about right. Jesus being. And it seems to me to focus less on me and more on just yes. coming to know Jesus right. in his suffering. Right. Yep. So I, I don't know. There's there's options. I think they're all great. I just love stations. Stations were were super important. Um, uh, I think I was serving them from the time I was probably like ten years old until I was nineteen, twenty. Yeah. I mean, even after. Um, but we did parish missions as kids. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just our parents' way of being like, stop watching so much TV. Because like Father John and I have said this. Like as soon as you got home, you would watch. Simpsons all the way through to Seinfeld at 6:30 and then maybe you'd take a break for dinner and then you would get on and watch, you know, other things in the We evening. would do Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, Dark Darkwing Duck. Yes. And uh what was it? It was the what's the Scrooge McDuck one? And uh the kids he starts by swimming in that bank of coins. Well, yeah, DuckTales. DuckTales. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think we couldn't watch all the way through. We just weren't allowed to anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. My we, mom was like, "Get out and play." Right. Get so, outside. So I think during during Lent, it was like, "Get off the TV and go to a parish mission." So we would go as a family to you know the parish missions, and I'm grateful that our pastor actually uh, picked good ones. But I remember this guy. I can't remember his name, uh, but he was a Vincentian, and I remember he gave one of the best parish missions. Uh, in recent memory, one of the two of the best parish missions I've ever heard. One was from Simeon Gallagher, who uh, we just celebrated yesterday at the Chrism Mass. Fifty years a priest, That's uh, right. Capuchin. Yeah, congratulations, um, Father. Yep, uh, he gave one at Cabrini. Um, so if you're looking for somebody, he would be great. And then the other was uh, our own Father Tim Danaher. Um, who came to St. Joan of Arc to give a mission cool. two years ago, um, and he was excellent, excellent. So I think parish missions are important because uh, it's a way to kind of reinvigorate your faith um, in the middle of Lent when it's not just like, all right, what do I need to do? What do I need to be focused on? What are the moral practices that I need to cut out of my life or start doing? Like m- parish missions normally are like, you need to you need to increase your faith in God. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I'm on my own to figure out my own program. We need help. Yeah. I need help. So um, anyway, so I was really inspired uh, that Father Mike brought up the last week's topic because 
Um, it was actually similar to what I was going to bring up in mind, so we're going to get right to the topic. Um, we are entering into, um, obviously, Holy Week. Um, this podcast will come out after Holy Week, but in reflecting back on the Easter Vigil, uh, it's important to note uh, that uh, the goal of the the rites of um, the liturgical rites aren't just moral praxis. It's not just like at the end of it, like become better persons. Yeah. Uh, I think that there are certain, um, I don't know, like um, self-help, you know, retreats or I don't know, workshops, workshops that you can do. And at the end of it, it's like, I will try harder. I will do better. I will incorporate this into my life. Um, but I feel like yeah. the 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 goal of the Paschal mystery is um, drink uh, and eat and drink this, um, live this, and allow this to become part of you. And as I was saying before, I mean, Archbishop's homily was like, you know, see everything through the eyes of the Father. It's like see everything through the lens of the Paschal mystery. Yeah. Um, so that's um, powerful. Yeah. I was grateful because yesterday we had our last RCIA class prior to Easter Vigil. Um, uh, kudos to Father Brian Larkin, who has been walking with uh, his RCIA for as long as he's been at Lourdes. Um, yeah. And uh, he really makes it a point to invest in those people. And uh, this year in particular uh, is probably the closest I've been uh, to uh, a class. And, um, you know, having it be their last class, I was like, We've got to we got to focus on what we're what we're pointing you to, and I don't want the Easter Vigil just to be like this creepy. Um, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and then like that night we shut out the lights, and then it's like a pig sacrifice, <laughs> you know. And it's like, ah! like I don't know if I want to do this. Uh, yeah, like I want to I want to actually like incorporate them into it, and then allow them to experience it, um, but to kind of prep them a little bit. Yeah, prior. That's the point of the RCIA. In in some, I mean, obviously you're doing a lot of education, but you're walking away of conversion. You're um, getting kind of bonding with the community. You're being introduced to prayer and the creed. It's like all of these elements that are really just an unpacking of and a, and a preview toward yeah. the uh, Easter Vigil, really. You know, that moment of... Uh, initiation and incorporation into the church. How many uh, catechumens do you have? Shout out to Father Nathan's catechumens. Yeah. Four. There's four catechumens, uh, and there are five um, five candidates. Okay. People that have already been baptized. Yep, that'll get so, confirmed. Oh, man, so excited. So, um, but I would actually propose that, like, the Easter Vigil is the holiest of holies. It's the holiest night. This is the night. Father Mike is prepping for the exultant. <laughs> this is the night. This night. Not Christmas night. Not Pentecost. Not um I don't know, like the, the, the feast day, day yeah. of the feast day of, of Saint Anthony of Padua or Saint Jude. It's like this night. This night above all nights is the night where we actually come to the the central belief in uh, Christian christian focus yeah and this it is, all comes together i should say this is the uh it forms a kind of spirituality 
that is supposed to be our everyday mode as yes. Christians. Yep. This is everything. Yep. The Paschal mystery and living it and being immersed in it. Yep. Yeah. As as kind of abstract as that sounds, like we're going to talk about the vigil. And I think really the only way that you can understand talk like that is to be there. Go you, there. You got to do it. Yes. I mean, it's too late. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, people have already missed it. And uh, I we've said it year after year. Go to the Easter Vigil. Make it a point. That church should be packed above everything else. You are missing the most uh, liturgically dense moment in the whole in the whole year. And most people don't go because they're like, yeah, too long, too long. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, you're not. Don't you're, miss out. Don't miss if you, out. If you got a chance as you grow in your spiritual life too, I think you'll value it more and more. Every and every Sunday is kind of a miniature um, Easter vigil. That's like the you know that's the full the pattern. Yeah, the pattern. Yeah, right. So um, what we do is uh, there's really there's really four parts uh, uh, to the Easter vigil. Maybe we've talked about this before, but I want to I want to focus on it uh, uniquely through the lens of faith. Um, so there's the first part, which is the 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 what's called Lucernarium which uh, uh, if Father Brian Norton was around, like he would know what it means. No one has something to do with light. Keith uh, Kenny. Keith Kenny too. Um, so um, it just says, the solemn beginning of the vigil or lucernarium, the blessing of the fire in preparation of the candle. So the lights. And what we're seeing in that whole uh, drama laid out is darkness is over the whole earth. You have, well, to, you st- have to describe can you describe the ceremony? I will. Okay. You have to start the Easter Vigil in darkness. Uh-huh. You, you can't start it in, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. It has to be dark. And I like it dark, dark. Not just like, hey, kids, you get to stay up late, but, you know, it's still light outside, but not really. Like, it's late, but it's still light. Yeah. Like, it needs to be completely dark. So we're doing 8.30 p.m. Then you gather around a fire. The fire is symbolic of God from the beginning of time who has always been burning always been consuming, and um, is this place of warmth, light, heat, love. Um, and as you gather around that as the community, you you see a flame come out of the fire and uh, illuminate this huge candle that we make. And then all of a sudden we start, um, you know, talking about this candle as if it were a person, you know. Yep. Um, you know, Christ, the beginning and the end, all time belongs to him and all the ages. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And by his holy and glorious wounds, may uh, Christ uh, guard us, defend us, and keep us, or something like that. Forever and ever. Amen. And so, the exalted that you were just singing, is a lot of it is just praising the candle. Just praising. But it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Right? Yeah. And Jesus, it's, it's ultimately G- the light of faith that is come into the world. I mm. am the light of... Um, I am I am the light of the world. Whoever uh, follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Yeah. So as Jesus enters the world, we realize, man, everything is dark, but like he has faith. And I mean, Thomistically, people are like, ah, no, Jesus doesn't sure. have faith. He has a beatific vision. He, he imparts faith. He radiates faith. He inspires faith. He's looking for faith. Um, so... And in a biblical way that is different 
in part from the technical way that Thomistic theology will will define faith. It's trust. It's trust in the Father, and that obviously is something that Jesus is, you know, deeply. I, I don't know. It just defines. You know, mm-hmm. it lives out of that. And um, I was going to just bring up the, the the kind of theological context of the darkness um, following from the day before. It's a dark day. Holy Saturday is a dark day where God is dead. God is in yeah. the tomb. And yeah. um, everything feels lost. An everything absence. feels dark. Yeah. Everything in for the world and for each person would be sad without uh, if it was just the death of Jesus. Our birth would have been no gain had we not been redeemed. Mm, yeah. So if we had come to life, even eternal life, without the possibility of salvation, that's eternal servitude. That's eternal slavery. Nobody needs that. We're actually we're actually called uh, into something different. So then, after we proclaim the praises of the candle. Now, all of a sudden, we hear all of these readings. We've moved into the liturgy of the word, and we hear an extended version of the readings. It's helpful, I've found, uh, to do the full seven readings, because if you have a wider net, you can catch more fish. And oftentimes, what speaks to me or what speaks to somebody else is very different. And so there are seven readings from the Old Testament and seven psalms. The Psalms being our response to the word that's being proclaimed. And the, it's all about the history of salvation. Yep. What has God done in the world? He's created. World has fallen. God has ministered once again, seeking uh, to, for us to follow him. We've turned away. He comes back. Like, it's this, it's this dance and yeah. this beautiful dance of we see that our faith can be very fickle. Our trust in God can be very fickle, but the readings are a continual proposal, a reproposal of trust in me. Yeah, follow me. Yeah, like, um, and the scriptures are always are frequently referring to how do you build up your faith? Remember the good things that God has done for us. Yes. So creation, um, intervening, saved, saved Moses. Yeah, for the ark, he called Abraham to. To transform the world, he uh, saves Moses. He uh, all who promises are a new covenant, and yeah, all who are thirsty, come. You have no money, no problem. Like come yeah. to me. But I, I like that point that you made about the the. Uh, I guess maybe you can call it the the bridegroom and the bride, kind mm. of mm. singing to each other that yeah. dance of God saying, "Hey, here it is. Here's an invitation." Yeah. And us responding and the sort of drama of coming and going, losing faith, being uh, won back over. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, kind of the, 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 on, the in and out, on and off. Is it fair to say bridegroom and bride? That's one image. Yeah. That's one metaphor. There's Israel others. and his, and the God in Israel is the story of, of him, you know, I will espouse you in the desert. I think that's even in there. Hosea. Yeah. Um, I, I will lead her into the desert and allure her. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it reminds me of John. Uh, did you listen to that podcast John did on Baron and Luthien? Uh, yes. From uh, Cimmerillion? Yep. So God is singing this into existence um, and, and calling us to redemption. 
So then, like, after all of our attempts at, like, we're trying, Lord. We're trying. We just just can't get it, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. I, I just, I, you get to a point, like you said last week, you know, you get to the point at Lent where you're like, I can't. Yeah. And I don't think that's a, the wrong place to be at the end of Lent. Because if you get to the end of Lent and you say, I can, then yeah. you're just self-actualizing. You don't need the salvation. You right. don't need Jesus. You don't need grace. Yes. So Now, not to say that you should, you know, just flop on your... <laughs> resolutions. The resolutions are purifying and it's good. Yeah. They prepare you for the Easter vigil. So good on you guys if you were Yes. Oh, you guys. Um you, good on you if you Good on you children. <laughs> you did it well and My you, you know, you made a good one by the grace of God. Yeah. But no, that's that is the thing is you Lent I think humbles us and it teaches us I'm not as awesome as I thought I was. It didn't take much to you know, make me fall away. Right. But then all of a sudden at the end of the seventh reading and the seventh Psalm, the glory is sung. And it's like, wait a second. I didn't, I didn't do anything. Like I didn't, like we didn't figure this out. What happened? And the Gloria is a reminder of the first Gloria that was sung when all was dark over the whole earth. And all of a sudden angel said, I pronounce to you uh, news of great joy. For in the city of David, in the city of the king, there's born for you a savior who is Christ and Lord. It's like, what? Like, we're just we're just here with sheep. I don't think you understand. Like, we haven't, there was no preparation period for um, Advent or even Lent. Like, it was just, we're just living life, you know? We're living liturgical life in uh, Galilee or, you know, Nazareth or uh, Bethlehem or Jerusalem or Denver, um, and now, all of a sudden, like, uh, God proclaims Gloria, and then we hear the New Testament proclaimed. Um, you know, you were dead in your transgressions, and now you have the promise of salvation. And then we hear the gospel, which is the the Alleluia sung multiple times, you know, to, like, building crescendo until it's like, Jesus just rose. Yeah. Deal with this. And what about the—when um, did the lights go on? Gloria. That's the Gloria. Yep. And so you had the fire. If you haven't been to the Easter Vigil, um, you have the fire from the from the primal fire. The Easter candle is lit. You described that. The and then a light is lit from there and passed to the faithful who are all carrying right. candles. Mm-hmm. And the church lights up, but lights up in a kind of a dim way yep. where you can kind of see everybody. It's beautiful. It's real it it's like serene. and um, But it's almost like the night with the stars, yeah. you know, or the moonlight, mm-hmm. you know, Our Lady coming before the, wow. the sun rises, you know. And then all the lights go on with the Gloria. Right. Jesus is here. Now, incarnation. And yep. um, I, yeah, I, I don't want to read too much into it, but it's almost like God has given us grace to walk in faith during that time where we're listening to the Old Testament and we're up and down, failing and grasping and, you know, being led. But things are still, things are still hard on our own, right? But there's light. There's light. And then, um, and it's almost like maybe that's like the seeds of the logos. You know, like Jesus is there mm. lighting up the thing, but he's not there in the same way that he's going to burst on the scene with the birth of, you know, his birth into the world. Right. 
Is that too much to say? There's kind of a preview. There's, I mean, there's a preview certainly in reading the readings, but even with the light, is that meant to be? But I would, I would even say, I, I agree with that, that it's like, even the Gloria, even the Gloria that was sung over Bethlehem, all of a sudden the angels went away and it was dark again. Mm. And they're like, we've got to go to see what, what the angels have, have, you know, told us about. Oh yeah. But now the light stays on for the rest of mass. Like the light never ends. Um, the light will continue on. May this flame be found still burning by the morning star. The one morning star that never sets Jesus Christ, your son who coming back from death's domain has given light to all humanity who lives and reigns forever and ever. I mean, it's like, this is, this will never end. Never. Yeah. Like there is no way it's going to stop. And so that's why I love that image that you had, which is just like the garden, the paradise is here. Garden is here. Like find it, live that, um, discover it, uh, draw from it, like, um, receive the water and eat the fruit, like even of uh, Ezekiel, where he's like, its leaves will serve for medicine and its fruit will never, um, it'll bear fruit like four times a year. Um, Well, and maybe to play on that, on the light while we're still there, it's like you're going to go into this uh, ceremony of renounce sin, convert your life. And it's almost like, well, don't run back to that darkness. Yeah. Yeah. The light's here. You got it. Right. You know, live there and stay there. You know, God has made himself present to you. All you got to do is remain, remain in me. Don't run back to the darkness. It's stupid. You don't know, you know, in darkness, you don't know where you're at. You don't know where you're going. And, but Jesus has totally transformed that. And he's always there. You can't, you know, you can't just fail because your own, faults fail you or your you know your own faith yeah. is weak or whatever depend what, on him depend on that light yes depend on what was just described to you which is christ is is faith is perfect trust in the father israel has you know tried and tried now all of a sudden the world humanity and the new israel is called to that faith and now it's not like, will you do this? It's like, will you do this with me, with mm. Christ, yeah, in Christ, for Christ? Um, and uh, so then the invitation after the readings is, okay, now we have people who are prepared for faith. And now it's like time for you to actually say, are you prepared to to take on this life? Not because... We don't start with that. We don't start with, okay, who here's ready? Okay, now that you're ready, all right, we'll start the we'll start the show. You know? Like you've got to put in your money to like play the game. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. We're gonna play out all of the history of salvation and then say, You want a piece of this? Yeah. Like you want and in? He's talking about the next right or the next part of the vigil right. is the baptism and incorporation of the catechumens. Right. And, so, a, and a reminder, I mean, the whole community participates that in kind of replaying our baptism. You can't redo your baptism, but at right. least renewing your promises. And But there are those who have not yet received the gift of faith in baptism um, because they want it, but they're saying, like, I have feeble efforts, I'm frail, but what I have, I give you. Five loaves, two fish, um, 
what, what simple offering the widow's might. And now all of a sudden, like we say, can you reject Satan and take on Christ? And then in that way, we're like, all right, then let's start pouring in the grace of, of Christ's victory over your life and over this water. And so we take the candle, we put it in the water. We take the story of salvation, we bless the water. And now we say, uh, yeah. we want this to become your story. Are you are you prepared for this? Will you walk in the way of, of Christ Jesus? Do you reject Satan and all his works and all his empty show? Do you believe in God, Son, Spirit? And people are like, yes. And then we're like, all right, felicidades. Felicidades. Are you going to follow the candle into the water? That is a very interesting um, thought for me. I haven't thought about it that way, like um, presenting the story of salvation that way. You know, do you want this to become yours here? Yes. This is the, this is the this is the doorway or something, the path. First, it's Christ's story. Then it's humanity's, the world's, Israel's story, and now it's your story, your story. Yeah. Do you want With your Christ. story to be grafted into Christ Jesus? Mm. And not just Jesus onto you, you onto him. If he's going somewhere, like, get in line. Yeah. Remember that? Moffat County Bulldogs? Get in line. Get in line, yeah. you know? So we're all getting in line behind him. And so uh, the people are baptized, and then all of a sudden the people who are already baptized but not yet Catholic are like, wait a second, like, I want, I want a piece of that action. What I had before was um, was deficient. It was not giving me the fullness of what was actually mine by right. When you were baptized, however many hundreds of years ago, 400 years ago, it was baptism into Christ Jesus, baptism into the church. But then all of a sudden when we had the separation, now all of a sudden you could receive baptism, but you weren't receiving the fullness of the sacraments. And the yeah. fullness of the life. Separation. You're talking about separation and baptism and confirmation. No, I mean the separation of the church, like uh, the Protestant Re Reformation. Oh, I see. So okay. when you were baptized beforehand, you were receiving all of that, and now it's like there's what they say is, wait a second, I want to, I want to receive that as well. So they just make a verbal like, I'm in. I believe and yeah. profess all that the church teaches to be revealed by God. Boom, you are now a Catholic. You're not a Catholic once you're confirmed. You're a Catholic at that point. Yeah. Frankly, you're a Catholic before that because these people have already received confirmation, or excuse me, confession. Yeah. So then, all of the all the Catholics there are like, wait a second, like they got they got baptized and confirmed. I've already been baptized and confirmed. I want a piece of that action. I want Christ's faith. I want the the faith of the church to actually be. Um, to be the center story of my life as well. So then we say, all right, what about all the rest of you? Are you ready to make your proclamation of renewal of your baptismal faith? And then we sprinkle everybody with baptismal water because we don't need to baptize, rebaptize yeah. Catholics. So and now it's everybody. It's just a reminder, splash them in the face and let them know. Yeah. Wake up. This is who you are. This is what you, you've been through this. This is who we, this, this is, is where the, you're supposed to live. Right. Yeah. The renewal of the covenant. It's 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 the equivalent. It's the it's the new, um, it's the new offering that the church makes instead of blood of bulls and goats, where we would sprinkle it over the people and say, "You make this promise. If you don't live it, may the blood, may your blood, be on you." 
Um, now all of a sudden it's like, may, may the blood of Christ, may the precious blood of Jesus, may the purified water that is now like symbolic of our baptisms cover me. So now we're on the same footing. We all are, all, all are living Christ's faith. And so the last stage of the Easter Vigil, Eucharist. Yeah. What do we want more than anything else? We want the source of our faith. We want the fountainhead. We want like God himself. Yeah. We don't want just to say like, Lord, I, I want to believe in you. I, I want I want you yeah. intimately. And I would add that this is this is the most perfect and privileged foretaste of heaven. Wedding feast of the Lamb. What do we want? We want heaven. That's the destiny. We're here. Right. We're on earth. We're taking up a mission with baptism. We have an identity, mm. a whole new identity as children of God, yeah. conformed to Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're on a path with Jesus. We're getting in line. And then he surprises us with, let me give you a piece of heaven yeah, and give you a taste and get you ready, you know? And um, so it's almost like it's anticipating a destination that we didn't even know, you know, was was possible was out there yeah and we're yeah it's, it's, it's beautiful that's beautiful kind of f- flow to the whole thing and i like the way you're talking about sprinkling because i don't tend to think about it like that and i think people are well the whole the whole description is very helpful because people don't can can easily miss the symbolism and if you miss the symbolism, it's you're not praying. You're just getting splashed with water and wish you, you know, right. getting cold or, um, yeah, you know, getting wrinkles. It's on like your... father's just like doing his little squirt gun thing. Right, right. No, this is, and I love the the image of the the blood, you know, the being being splashed with the the blood of Christ. That's um, sanctifying and and covers our covers our faults. Um, and it's a ritual. It's like an old ritual. These yeah. rituals, that's the other piece I love about it. This is like original Christianity. Yep. There is no closer, you know, this is the way that the church prayed from the very beginning. And mm-hmm. You could say that of the Mass. You can say that of the Our Father, all these things. But this is a whole spirituality, uh, a whole spirituality captured in a night. And I would say, like, it, it has pagan elements for a reason because the the pagans were were tapping into certain natural religiosity but they were they were expressing their hunger for something but they they hadn't yet found the the hope the desire the fulfillment the answer like uh they wanted a word but like they made up their own and eventually god speaks the word hmm. um they wanted ritual and then eventually, like God shows them, here is the here is the temple. Construct this. Um, what do you mean, pagan? Like, do you mean the light and the dark and the death and rebirth? Or yeah, fire. Because uh, there's also blood, fire, oath. Um, yeah, a lot of this is also Old Testament stuff. So yeah, but I think that I mean it's universal. Yes, with the, the ritual. So I mean, when you say that as a first century historian. I tend to think, oh, is he talking about the the uh, mystery cult religions of the Roman Empire and no, I'm talking taking way on before pagan that. stuff? I'm talking about what they that, were. That's di- like some of the arguments that were made for a while and are kind of 
debunked. Like no. the origin of the Christian stuff is they just ripped off the pagan yeah. stuff. Now you're talking about perennial, um, like just human nature. Homo religiosos, yes. as uh, Daniel Leonard, we, yeah. Father Daniel Leonard used to say. That's so, true. And the oldest, the oldest ritual practices we know all involve light, sacrifice, often water. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, the whole point, it's to piggyback off what Father Mike was saying, which is, yes, Father Mike in his last podcast was saying it's hope. Jesus is the hope. We have the world has hope, yeah. But then and I, the Christian lives that we have we have hope, and that's the same thing with faith. Um, we didn't really tune Father John in, but maybe he'll he'll do the one on love, and um, yeah, faith, hope, and love remain. Yeah. So um, I would just say I'm super excited, grateful for um, this opportunity to uh, live it again with people because we did the Easter Vigil last year all by ourselves without without the people of God. And it was it was kind of empty. I believe that it had an effect. I think that it was important to be done. Um, but I think that the full sign is is there when the people are, are gathered and hopefully when the people are gathered with faith. Yeah. So I remember in particularly I mean we did the we did the vigil at Lords and it was it was beautiful. We were on uh, we were broadcast live stream on forum.org. Oh yeah, and it was um, a joy to be able to be con- feel connected that way, and to, be, to know that you're uh, praying with and um, helping a lot of people. But I particularly re- I don't remember a whole lot about it. I do remember some of the very quiet shots of Pope Francis doing his stuff. Mm. You remember that? Yeah, like an empty square yes. and the right. crucifix where he's all alone and all this stuff. The Via Crucis like that. It was. Uh, that was a very unusual year. Yeah. You know, something that isn't going to happen the rest of your lifetime. Let's hope. But it's meant to be, yeah, it's meant to be like this and, uh, praise God. Such a beautiful gift to the world and to the church and each of us. Yeah. Well, good. Again, he is risen. He is risen indeed. So, um, uh, I got to roll cause I, I got a couple people I need to meet with before Easter. Thanks for podcasting. And to the crowd, hey, you guys, happy Easter. Hope you have a great time. Remember to celebrate the octave. Go to the Easter vigil. Oh, wait, this is after. Yeah. But Enjoy Divine Mercy Sunday. Easter is a season, 50 days. Yeah. Party. And let the, let the vigil um, augment your faith. It's supposed to give you faith. It's not like, hey, now you should believe more. Yeah. It's like receive. But I think it's a good pattern for the Mass as well. So, anyways. All right. We'll see you in the Mass. Laters. Blessings.